Hey everybody, it's Bill. Before we get started with the autopsy, I wanted to jump in and talk about who gets the place on our wall of detectives for this mystery. I'm not sure if we've been completely consistent with the last few, but I'm excited as the mystery runner to look at the people who gave in questions, queries and theories and decide who was the best detective. Before I get to who the actual uh, king of detectives is, I'd like to go over a couple of honourable mentions. I was very impressed with Ash Webster, who was maybe a little bit too caught on my Orient Express red herring that was not intentional, I do assure you, but did key into the mechanics of the murder and was very good at spotting Daniel DeHoog's role in the murder and their motives uh, and who they were. And also provided us with a picture of their notes, which always gets you great brownie points. Also honourable mention to Miranda Fair, couldn't fully identify the place that Daniel had in the mystery uh, and also forgot what the murder weapon was, but had a very good insight into Jake's character and the mechanics of the killing. Also honourable mention to Carla Bermudez, who, who had originally thought that two people were doing two separate drugs into two separate drinks, but in a very uh, interesting way, had a very good handle on Jake's character and their role in the mystery and an early correct guess at Daniel's identity. Also, one of the few people who really thought hard about embezzlement as an aspect of the mystery, but slightly misdirected. Uh, still very cool to see. And then just before we announce the actual best detectives of the arc, uh, I would like to give a very big shout out to the victim, Keith Moser, who as an avenging ghost gave in a few theories and, sure, may have started out with a secret ex-wife having plastic surgery to appear as a flight attendant and a secret son popping out of the woodwork, but after a few episodes, had a perfect recreation of the crime, pretty much down to every detail, very impressive ghost sleuthing Keith Moser, but our detectives of the mystery, the people earning their place on the wall of detectives, are a team, Trevor and Michelle. After episode three, they sent in a pretty much spot-on guess for all of the details of the murder, or at least all of the details that were possible to know by part three. I was very impressed. It was clear, succinct, to the point, and they very much earned their place among the beautiful detectives who have graced our wall. So congratulations, Trevor and Michelle. You did it. You're the detectives of the arc. You're on the wall of detectives. All right, everybody, enjoy the autopsy. See you later. Welcome to Solve This Murder. I'm your medical examiner, Bill. And I am your coroner, Danny. We're here doing an autopsy. That's what coroners sound like, yes? Yes, everyone. This is an autopsy of our last mystery. We're doing it as a separate episode this time, because the way the... the We've done that before. We have done it before that way, and sometimes we don't. But this time it's a full, di different episode. I think we've got a lot to talk about because we did things pretty differently this, is this the time. incident. This is the first murder mystery I took charge in writing and running, and you got to play, and you got to feel my pain of how <laughs> difficult it is to solve these things. Of course, yeah. It's very interesting being in the role. And how did you feel about the writing role? So, I really enjoyed the writing of it. I was worried, and this is just a writing thing, or like a mystery thing, it's a puzzle thing as well. We, we, we have the same thing when we talk about puzzles in Escape This Podcast and things like that. To me, you look at this, the stuff that happened on this flight and you go, well, is Daniel DeHook 100% done? Day one, get out of here. Mm, absolutely. Like, I've told you that before Solve This Murders. I've told you this before Escape This Podcast. It's just like, oh, this is so obvious. Yeah. It's like you, uh, his drink smelled funny. There's two broken bars that smelled like poison in the thing. Daniel DeHook was the only one who went into the bathroom. Oh, look. But none of this is so... Di but it's, but it's like, I, will grant I know you, what is true. That part I got quickly. Mm. But then, yeah. I, and so... But that was interesting, because right? I had, like, this clear... Po I feel like the poisoning thing, in terms of, like, opportunity for poison, develops pretty quickly. Mm. But then doesn't answer the question of, he wasn't killed by poison. He exactly. was killed by a blow to the head. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have that sort of as, like, the... That's, to me, was like, that's what makes it a tough Absolutely. Mystery. And, look, I say... Well done. I think that the planned murder that goes wrong and mm. needs improvising is a really good choice as one of I the settings. I think it worked I well. I enjoy those a yeah, lot. I, I liked it. I think it went well. The 
the one element of the improvisational stuff of the murder that, that I would love to go into now that didn't really get fully, fully covered is the idea of like what his worry was with the, with the smashed poison. Oh, right? okay. Because oh, okay. to me, there are two elements to it. Because uh-huh. his plan was, spoilers if you haven't listened to the episode, I've already spoiled who did it. The plan was, I give him these two separate poisons. Mm-hmm. One will be a cyanide poisoning. The, yeah. And the cyanide poisoning takes like an hour or mm-hmm. two hours. Sure. Right? So if he dies 24 hours later of, a, of cyanide poisoning, there's like there's no way you can trace that back. Like you wouldn't think that happened on the plane because yeah, it takes absolutely. two hours to do, right? So you're like, oh, it must have happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. Thus, clearing Daniel DeHoog or Vandross Brown from any kind of scrutiny. It's mm-hmm. like, well, he last saw him hours and hours and hours before the poison could have been delivered. Yeah. Right. So that's the plan, and that's great. Now there's no because he doesn't want scrutiny because he's been embezzling hundreds of thousands sure. of dollars from his company. Potentially ill thought out as this would have been still immediately in or before the big audit. Potentially placing Potentially. some suspicion there. But at but least, yep, at of least course, pushing him away from him personally. At that point. Then yeah, on the he plane, had no he knows, means. On the plane, he knows one of these two vial, these glasses has smashed. Mm-hmm. And the two options are, as you say, that he doesn't die, in which case everything's going to go through. It would be better that he dies. Mm-hmm. Or he does die of poison on the plane where it was very clear about the poison, like D- Daniel could be traced to that poisoning fairly True. easily. So his ideal was to kill him, ideally with something from somebody else's bag. And to get just suspicion in a small, off the idea exactly, of poison whatsoever. Gets a suspicion off poison and gets a suspicion onto yes. someone else. Like if it had been revealed early on that, that Jake had owns the murder weapon, it's like, look at Jake. He's an ex-employee. He's got... Like, these are all small-town people who know each other. It's like, the idea was, I'm, he should die now in a way that is not the poison that could be tied to me. He needs to be died from a weapon that could be tied to somebody else. Yeah. And searched around. And I think that little element I liked. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And yet, completely threw me as just a slight element of randomness. And the idea of panicky improv murder should have an element of randomness. That yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, I want it to not be too planned. That apparently just completely broke my brain. I think if I had the capacity to add an element, I would have had, and I do in general, but I don't anymore because it's done. Um, I think to, to, to lock that certainty in a little bit more, I think especially for you, having some moment of like, there was a moment in, in my notes where Jake talks about Daniel and says, like, oh, you know, I tried to talk to him about something or, or I called David. Didn't. I could be like, we were trying to talk about, play, like, may, like could mention that he saw him reading by torchlight at some point or like, I was reading my book, I had my torch, I was reading my book. But I think maybe I didn't want to give away the torch part, because then it's like, oh, I have the murder weapon. But maybe I could have made that come clearer earlier, or he could have stumbled and slipped up and said that. But then you go like, oh, he saw him reading by torchlight, so he knew that he had the big heavy torch, or mm. he'd seen it. Something that maybe gave him that idea of like, Even you know, I showed him the things in my bag, I showed him the plans in my bag. Um, I took my, you know. You know what I would have done? My thought of it, just because it probably wouldn't have worked for many people, it just happened to work for some of the questions that I asked. I asked about them coming onto the plane and Mm. like the order they came onto the planes. It could have been like, oh, Jake dropped his bag and Daniel helped him pick it up again. Just noticed that it was heavy. Yeah, just anything. Something like that. that, Because to me, I wouldn't have thought that I want, that you would want it to be so definite. I I like the idea of it. He was searching randomly trying to find something. That's why I had the searching element of the papers being, which. I think I added too late by accident. I intended to have that happen a bit earlier, but it just sort of didn't flow in. Ah, uh, um, sure. But like, I liked, I liked this idea. He was desperately searching for something in somebody else's, like, because he wanted to pin it on one of those two. But maybe it would have made more sense for him to have noticed it and then tried to enact his plan. Yeah, but I think in my head it was so like last minute, it was just like, I'm going to set something on fire. <laughs> I'm going to get a distraction. I'm going to find something no, ideally I, in I, someone else's I, I think that murderers have photographic memories. That's it. That's Every one of them. Do. Um, cause yeah, it was hard to, cause other, like, otherwise it was like, because it wasn't, this wasn't the planned part of his murder. I didn't really think about like, oh, and how did he plan it? I was like, no, he didn't plan I, it. He I, just, I totally get it. But you got very caught up and like, you I, needed to prove that he, how could he have known? It must've been planned and deliberate. And, and I thought I, I wanted think, to have a bit more randomness. I don't even know how much of it was that. And there may have been that, except that it was a pile of papers that... <laughs> Yeah, Seems maybe I should have focused so more innocuous. on his bag instead of the papers. I, I think I, that that might I think might if I had said his, his briefcase. Maybe that, I mean, that's have, clearly someone is searching bags. Yeah, I, I think that would have 
completely like <laughs> you would have got oh searching bags as opposed to stepping on papers. I think maybe that's a like a wording thing. We get this sometimes in escape rooms and other stuff. You say the wrong word to describe something and, and it throws people off on red on, oh, on tangents and following red herrings. This was clearly what it was I for think, me. Yeah, yeah, you got so caught up on the fact that there were papers, whereas to me it was they were just a thing stuff in his of, space. Yeah, and it showed that his space had been uh, had been messed with. His mm. space had been invaded. Someone had been roughly in the same way that uh, like you know if you're in a someone's study and their desk that had all these papers neatly. Is there papers strewn about everywhere? You'd be like, someone was searching this area. They were searching the desk. Well, they were opening look, cupboards. Sure. But typically, in that case, they're looking, looking for, for a, a specific paper. piece yeah, of paper. You're right. I should have mentioned the bag <laughs> over it. Um, I liked having some of these characters. Like, I liked having uh, Jamie Sutherland as a character. <laughs> I liked having a murder mystery person who just wanted to. Like, I'm offended that there was a murder mystery person, but it wasn't the initial murder mystery I person. I know, that was so much fun what to the me. Hell? Because I also wanted to use them to prove that one of them was pretending to be a murder mystery person. Yep. I thought that was clear, obvious from the start, that they had, they had no idea anything about... Definitely. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad that you picked up on that. Yeah, that's just the think first, it was me. definitely the first thing that I have written in my notes yeah. about him. Um, and I like that, and it throws some some silliness. I think, like, I enjoy trying to tie these things together, right, with, like, he's what under a Jake's false... What big plans? Oh, uh, if you could, you could, I think, uh, so I play tested this with some of our $50 donors mm. uh, who got to play it before it was released. Yep. Um, they got more information about Jake's plan. They were talking to him before the murder happened. So I mentioned this to yeah, you yeah. in, in I passing. Yeah, yeah, I was going to they actually, get into the as, differences between the play tests. Yeah, so as soon as he came up to shake the hand and went back, Keith was still alive. They just left and went to follow <laughs> Jake and started talking to him. So he d- described his plans. He showed them his plans. And it was for like, it was just for something um, I was concerned. that was very specific to like cattle farming and <laughs> transportation of, of the, and like logistical things. This also motive wise, I think was something interesting that, that I expected you to, to, to pick up on or to notice that I don't think you really sort of mentioned, which is oh. if Jake Hudgens like ostensibly has a motive to be like, oh, he fired me to be mad at him. Mm-hmm. Sure, he might kill him. But when you talk to Jake, his real passion seems to be, I want Keith Moser to buy my inventions and to give me, and to like, to, to oh, set this up. I think he made that pretty clear. Yeah. So it's like, for him now, it's a dead Keith Moser is completely true. against, true, but it's like against his stated interests yeah. that like Keith Moser's death may have been like pushed by like revenge, but in terms of the practicality of what he does, all he's been trying to do for ages is getting, con- is trying to get Keith Moser to, to get these things done. The killing to me is like, oh, the ramifications of it are bad for Jake. Yes. And assuming he's not a... lying. Well, true, but assuming every, <laughs> like, you know, at some point. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to truth. assume everyone's telling the truth, don't no, I? No, but a bit like, you know, <laughs> maybe Keith Moser you didn't check his ID, did you? <laughs> Wait, was... Keith Moses? Yeah. I 100% checked his ID. What are you Damn, talking about? Right. That was the first one I, that was like the first move I made. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so I, I, I didn't mind that for Jake to try and like, to to make it, I wanted like there was a lot of stuff pointing to Jake, and and playtesters found the same thing that like he had an interaction, he was the one who was most obviously doing something during the fire, but the anti motive, but the anti motive, and then just like, I think just like people like I don't know, there's something about Jake. I don't want him to be a murderer, so he's not. Well, no, that's fair. Um, and I, but I like tying in that like Jake gives you this. Clue. I tried to like link clues a little bit more for, for in my notes. Not more, like not more than anything. Just I tried, was trying to link clues. Like I like that Jake sets up this idea that Heath doesn't know faces, doesn't recognize people, but mm. he knows names. So then, when you find a name, it can direct you back to Heath. Absolutely, like, he didn't That's know his fair. face, but he but he does know a name. What could he know? Like just like that association, I think was nice. Yeah. And that to me felt more puzzle designy than than mystery design. That's designing. true. And I like laying those I sorts agree. of lines. I agree. I like that things. because I did say early on it felt like Heath knew everybody on board the only one that he didn't the only odd one out was Daniel mm. but he has specifically pointed out that he is bad with faces so yes. if it was a less consistent recognition mm. a one off in some way then exactly he, he may have seen him and that was exactly but, how it was and that's exactly yeah he's right that's exactly and I really and I liked that and I liked that I had like a side story that added to that um, I liked having Jamie there to just be to for, for both comic relief <laughs> as a character but also to be like uh, almost like My the player hint two. system of yeah, player two, like the hint system of like, um, hey, maybe think about this about this person. Oh, here's any yeah, one of those motives like was completely Nancy, wrong. It's it in the Nancy Drew games having George and Bess on the phone. Yes, yes, she's the George and Bess, yeah. right? She's like, oh, maybe it was this person. She gets really excited about mm. it. I don't like the one thing I don't. If I if I could rewrite this, I would add something more concrete. Mm-hmm. Is so I was trying to come up with a, a murder method for this mystery, uh-huh. and I wanted something that was. 
actually at least a little bit real. Um, and I found yeah, an sure. article. Uh, so I was Googling for like poisons that could like mix in a way that could delay them. I was just like, that's what I was trying to search. So, you know, the FBI came cool, and knocked Because, yeah, they typically, like, the idea of slow acting poisons, yeah, that's a thing yeah, that you I see in these. But I wanted but something that the was idea like, of an either slow or fast. And so I was looking and I found, and I can, and I can quote the article. I'm not going to link it, but I'm going to, I'm going to cite it here for you. Uh, an article by Boggled, Peck and Thompson in the Postgrad Med Journal uh, 1990, volume 66. Oh, page, who even knows if cyanide still works that way Page 40 then? to 41. And it was a case study of someone ah. who had taken enough acetonitrile to be to kill them. And I think it did kill them in the end. Oh, okay, um, great. But they had also drunk a lot of acetone. Naturally. And it postponed what would have normally been a two or a few hour onset period by 24 hours because the acetonitrile had to interact with all the acetone and then once that was done, then it started breaking down into the it's cyanide. It's very much uh, like when you've accidentally drunk antifreeze, have alcohol. Yes, you take alcohol to stop mm. methanol poisoning. Yeah. Similar sort of thing. Um, and so I found that and I thought, well, that's perfect. I've got these two things. Presumably, does um, that mean if you just drank enough acetone, you might eventually be okay? You could probably keep drinking it till they can pump your stomach <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, right? something so, like that. So, there was a th- so I, had this, I had this case study. I was like, great. And the one thing I don't like is that I never really thought... In, I didn't get enough detail down in how does Danny know that that is a thing? Ah. In the end, we used, I used Jamie as yes. like, a, I'm a murder mystery person. I'm not super happy with that because Jamie is also a suspect. And I think as soon, like, if you had any suspect, suspect, su- suspicion, suspicion, not suspicion, if you had any suspicion around Jamie, you wouldn't ask not her or you wouldn't up. trust her. Or, I very much had to um, do that. Eventually, like, I didn't do that with any of the opening characters. I wasn't even telling them that there was a murder that I was even talking about murder. I just went, yeah, plain negligence, uh, done and dusted. Mm. Uh, but by the time I got to her, I went, cool, this is not going anywhere. Yeah, you have to I have to talk. Yeah. And so I don't know, like... What would you think? Like, what do you reckon is a better way? Because with our playtesters, they found the the poison stuff later on in their investigation. Oh, okay. And so at that point, I felt more comfortable with them just saying, as a private investigator, you, you would know, da-da-da-da-da, here's an acetone thing, here's an acetonitrile thing. So mm-hmm. I gave them the information. But because you found it so early, I didn't want to tell you that. Of I course. wanted to then find another way to give it to you, rather than just, you know, this is a private investigator or as, a, as an investigator. But I didn't have a clean way to do it. Maybe that's where you would do like a call in with, with Simba. You add that back in or, or something. Or I was toying with the idea of like when you search his bag, you find the paper. But that's like nonsense. That <laughs> someone would bring the paper that describes their method of murder. I appreciate the, uh, the cut-offness from professional stuff in this yeah. and having to do it in here. I, I like that, not having to worry about I don't know, fingerprinting anything this or whatever. This for me was helpful as both from a design point for me and knowing that it was your first one to play. I wanted to make it super um, tight. Mm. In fact, I can actually show you. So I have a lot of notes for this one. I may actually, I think, go back to making these available for people because I think they're written out quite well. Oh, okay. Um, what, I just have to take type photo- them up. Oh, God. But, that's but, but I think pain. I might do that. I might, might do that. Um, sure, but you sure. see, so I have. I think all I would have done potentially mm. to push towards that more is when Jamie started bonding with you over crime stuff, specifically she should go into poison stuff. Agatha Christie being a huge poison buff. You know what I should have done? Mm. I specifically have a thing with Jamie that she knows you and she knows some of your previous cases. Oh, yeah. Instead of coming up with some off the top too. of my head. I should have said she talks about your cases and specifies like, oh, and I love all the times you you, you solve this murder. Poison murder, I love, I'm obsessed with poisons. I know, yeah. like I love a good poison murder. When you solved the Baron's suicide that was actually the murder by the Baroness, oh my God, I love a good poison I murder. I like my right? career. So like, I think I should have done that. I think rather than that keep makes it vague, sense. that's where I would have added it. In fact, if you're downloading the notes for this, I may have already changed that and added a little note there. I think that's a good way to get I it. Like she should it. introduce herself in the context of poisons. But when I, again, when I introduced her, I don't think I had thought then that she was going to be the one who was definitely going to give it to you. Because for my playtesters, I'd given it to them for free. Yeah, sure. But I kind of hadn't decided where. So I think that's a good thing to do for her. Um, but yes, so my notes, I've got, I've got a lot of notes. So I have a page of notes. Oh, it's ridiculous how much for, you have. For each character where I have like a few, do- and it's not, it's a, not a way, it, like typed up, it would be half a page, no more. But it's effectively a couple lines about them and just what they will say and talk about. And then a little table underneath of what they say about each character. So, for example, mm. if I turn to um, Taylor Heath, he's got 
the whole notes are business manager for V, that's victim. That's why you can't look at my notes. Yes, I know. Oh, I trust um, me. I have said many times, I understand that. Overseas details. It's tempting, isn't it? Yeah. Overseas details of old companies, as well as new deal to purchase Compu Global. After deal negotiated, will spearhead audit into company. Stuffy, no humor, well-dressed, still friendly. Didn't end up very friendly, sorry. Yeah, no, uh, fine. Can recount the time for most events. If you, if you were one of those, yeah. I have actually, I have, if you go back to my events, I have all the events. 2 p.m., 2 10, 2.30, 3.30. I've got times that they all happen. On a plane, I don't think about time. No, but I always ask about time when I'm playing, so Fair. I wanted to have it there for you. Um, I think it was also, I, I worry more about time when I was not personally present. True. Um, and then knows that the victim orders two drinks all the time, calls it the Big Horn Special. Mm. And then I have in his table, V for victim, uh, wonderful man but all big picture, known habit and routine, doesn't hate but makes enemies easily. No, that really super came up specifically, but I don't think we had a, like, tell me all you know about Keith, but but we got the, the thing. I got a little bit about yeah. that. Uh, killer, because he is in my notes, killer, a.k.a. Daniel DeHook. So that's why you couldn't look at my notes. Well, I was also going to uh, ask, for me, I have V and M in my notes because I don't come up with names. Even at the very beginning, I tend not to come up with who the murderer was for quite some time after I've established the setting and everything. How mm. quickly did you come up with what the murder was? Well, um, I can get, well, I'll go back to my initial notes in a second. I just want to finish reading through okay. Daniel DeHoo, uh, Taylor Heath. So uh, under killer here is doesn't recognize him, but thinks he could be familiar, doesn't know his name, does know his real name. <laughs> um, nervous guy. Because I didn't name these people. So name-wise, they didn't have names because they were all Patreon names for the first Fair, time. Yep. So I didn't get them till I planned the whole murder. I just mm -hmm. filled them. I've left blank spaces. Nervous guy, former employee, stalking victim, won't take no for an answer. Old woman, Mary's mother, thinks of victim as son. Strangely obsessed, doesn't think she has anything to gain from the will, but doesn't know. Does have allergies. Uh, <laughs> he used to organize her meals. Uh, so Taylor used to organize meals for her when she was. Uh, so does know, can confirm, definitely has a tomato. Allergy. Okay. Uh, in the playtest, I accidentally said that wrong and gave her a lactose allergy and him a tomato allergy. Um, didn't affect anything at all, but I had to note that my notes were backwards oh. whenever I went back to it. And I was so careful not to give oh, them clues. Yeah. Like, wait, she had a lactose allergy and now she's got a tomato allergy? Um, for the flight attendant, slow, chatty, wastes time, probably bungled people's orders. Um, old woman is sloppy with allergies, but multiple people means it was the flight attendant's fault that people had to go up and make a deal of it. In the end, I didn't make any... It didn't really come Wait, up. Wait, say like, that again. Old woman sloppy with allergies. Yeah, so saying that Lacey never keeps track and doesn't like fill in allergy cards. So of course she would oh, have okay. to go up and say something. But the fact that two people went up means it must be the flight attendant's fault. It didn't really become an issue. And I'm glad because okay. it was a bit silly. Uh, and, and singed my papers with her dress. Mm. So that becomes... And I like that she, we had... Nervous guy has a bit of a, oh, I saw the fire. So, oh, did it happen around then? And he's, then he that gives you the funny thing of like, about. bang. She must have been on fire before she got to me. Yes, I felt uh, I felt nice about that. Mm. That felt like, and that's like a use of something. physical evidence, but isn't like lab evidence. It's just like situational evidence, and I liked. Yeah, and I feel it's the sort of thing that Agatha Christie books use, not necessarily with Poirot digging into it directly no, as I did, later but on, the implication like, of it? he said that he saw fire. Maybe he meant smoke, but he said he saw fire. And he could only we should see think the about fire. this. And so that kind of pushed it back to near Daniel, which mm. to me it was again like, I hope this isn't so obvious. Like, well, Daniel did it. Um, but even then, you yeah. so much around him. And then a last column for Councilwoman, uh, old business rival from way back, entitled Lazy, hates V and would love to see him fail. So, <laughs> like, I have this written, written up, and I have that for everyone. everyone. So, everyone has their own bit and then a bit for everybody else. And I like that because that's kind of how these interactions go. So I really mm. enjoyed these notes. And I think they're the kind of thing that people would use to run the mystery themselves. Yeah. Were you thankful that I didn't check bags too early? Well, the playtesters checked the bags quite early. Oh. Um, and do you know what I did? It actually was great for them. Mm. They checked the bags, but they did it very uh, just like we would like to look in bags because they didn't have as much evidence yet. Yeah. And so what they did was they went check blah, blah, blah's bag. They found that he had the murder weapon. Oh, no. Or they found the batteries in the murder weapon. Oh, okay. They checked. So they knew from early on that he had, that he owned the murder weapon, but not that he like used it, just gotcha. that he owned it. Search other. When they searched um, Daniel's bag, it was, so Daniel opens his bag. Uh, he takes his wallet out of the bag, puts it in his pocket, gives him his bag, <laughs> and you see the fancy clothes. There's no ticket to SleuthCon. Ooh. And then they're like, okay, well, now we've got to come back later when he's not looking to see yeah, if- What was his plan running to the bathroom? He was going to just run past you and stay in the bathroom, hope you didn't notice. 
He didn't have much of a plan. He just wanted to not be there when you were searching bags because okay. he didn't know what to do. So he just tried to be like, oh, I'll just get past you. All right, gotcha. And just like maybe maybe throw his ID in the toilet and then come I, back see, and be like, that was what I I've got no ID. That probably would have been what he I did. I thought that was what his plan was. Um, but yeah, th- that was another one that didn't get brought up. You never distinctly asked, and I'm not saying this is a problem. No, no. You never distinctly asked Maggie, can you tell me stuff about Daniel? You said like the situation with the all the, mm. but never like just tell me about Daniel. What do you know about Daniel? No, sure. Because the thing that she had here, which I liked, was uh, that he, he quickly used the bathroom, and also he n- refused to pay for things on the flight by credit card. Only used cash. Mm. Um, also, does but does he did he does seem very well off? But does my watch and his clothes? Maybe he's an eccentric millionaire or something. Mm. But I like that. So he was trying not to give identity stuff and just pay in cash and do all this other stuff. Yeah, I'm more a fan of uh, it being. It was Lacey who brought this up, wasn't it? That he and had the I watch. like that because Lacey doesn't have the hugest role in this, except nice to have being yeah. aff- affable. That's the word affable, I want, right? Yeah. And the fact that her attempting to be affable towards him gave these clues, like not responding to his name. Mm, yeah, I, and I liked, and mm. I like that. Um, so my notes for this started right. Very first thing I did: murder mystery brainstorm setting, modern, cozy, limited space cast, transport, locked setting, <laughs> tram, cruise, flight, murder on a flight. Next line. I have a vague picture of like a plane. Yep, solid. Got some ideas: who's dead, why? Victim is. Originally, I called him Arnold King before I decided to use ah. people's names. I'm Arnold King. Rich. Uh, and literally, look, who is dead and why? Victim has dossiers on all other passengers. A passenger denied they are going to SleuthCon but has ticket. <laughs> Victim is Arnold King. Rich, 50-something, death could be business de- uh, desperation-based. Also opens avenues for old grievance motivations. Greed, competition, anger, public... So these are all the motivations mm. that did make it in. And then... Arthur King, three ex-wives, two successful businesses, <laughs> one beautiful horse. <laughs> That's what I got to first. Then I had a full page for him. And this was still brainstorming. Wow. And this is where all his information is. Bombastic businessman about to buy new business. Inherited cattle farm, auto parts, computer security, about to buy. Uh, doing full investigation in the company will find out about illegal dealings. Motive. <gasps> Underscore. That's where I was like, that's going to be the true motive. Mm. So that'll be the real one. The other ones are still uh, that will be fake. Three ex-wives, Cheryl, Mary, Bunny, gave him the details. Can I just say? Note, not too relevant. <laughs> can I just say, I have my notes, the first notes I made. So I drew out the plane thing. I wrote down that seats C4 and E3 had allergies. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, Keith, horse, three X's, one archaeologist. Yeah, not irrelevant. Not Boy, relevant did I at think all. that she was going to be the important one. Nope, didn't matter. It was Mary, the religious one. <laughs> um, one beautiful horse, no school on Sundays, retired stud, won a lot of races, never came up. <laughs> Gets up to use bathroom, possibilities for poisoning, confrontation, change in demeanour. And there was a little bit. He was feeling sick and clearly yeah. and sleepy. But that could have been from drinking acetone as well. True. At that point. Later, Danny gets up, returns, and V and victim is dead. How is he dead? Poison? Allergies? Someone swapped allergy into food, hoped the crew was blamed? Mm-hmm. Someone poisoned him, maybe hoping he wouldn't die until off-plane. Again, at this point, I didn't know that that was a possibility that I could play with in the way that yeah. I did. Makes sense as you wouldn't want to be involved on small plane, right? You wouldn't because they're such a small thing. Of course, of course. Might then take someone else's object to use as a weapon, framing them to make poison not noticeable. Mm. Violence but no struggle. So that ended up all being in there. Yeah. Um, Then poison angle might be too similar to styles. (laughs) Oh, I mean. Because we had just done styles. Poison too weird, maybe more physical murder makes sense, and then went, wait, I literally wrote wait in my notes. This is how I take notes, everybody. I write my brainstorming notes like I'm talking to myself. That's the oh, only totally, way. I so get I've that written, too. I've written, wait, acetonitrile, cyanide poison, acetone, uh, delay cyanide onset, thing. brackets, boggled Peck Thompson, postgrad medical journal, 1990, yeah. 66, You've read Death in the Clouds, right? Yes. Do you remember anything about the murder? Nope. Okay. The small dart? I mean, that's the thing. Sorry, spoilers for everything. Like, this is the thing the idea of it being a physical murder, yes. But the idea of was it up close, was it ranged? Oh, there's a dark thing or something. Well, the initial thing is there is a bee that is let loose on board. Oh, a bee. And so they're trying to make it seem like she died of bee sting. Uh, But then. Yeah, also a blow dart is left somewhere to make it think that someone blew a blow dart at her. her. But it turned out to be a close range thing. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, these little like... Yeah, the blow dart uh, being a thing that's 
seemed like it belonged to someone else on board there was a, to frame them. There was them. a writer on yes, board. Yes, yeah, exactly. Who had written about blowed up poisons. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun stuff like yeah. that. So that was kind of like a, like a non-planned version of that. Like, oh, grab his light and knock. Mm. Um, and then, yes, uh, vomiting beforehand in bathroom, goes into coma, killed to, killed to frame. Um, that, and those are cyanide poisoning uh, symptoms. Vomiting and then coma are the two steps. It's like you get nauseous and vomit. That was why he went to the bathroom. Mm. Comes back. Basically, fall, starts to fall asleep, falls into a coma. That's why there's no struggle when he gets hit. Yeah. And then I've written method, tick it off. So I've got method and motive. I then have a little cast list where I, I didn't know who these people were, but I just wrote out like Detective Danny, a cool private eye, victim, over the top businessman, Keith Moser, once I find the name, <laughs> killer, computer scientist, posing as true crime enthusiast, ended up being a fake crime enthusiast, but whatever. That's okay. Pilot. Aviation info mostly, didn't leave cockpit, no personal connection. Co-pilot, as above. Sweet. They're there, I didn't want them to be characters. Good. Flight attendant, gregarious, nosy, has timeline info and gossip. Mm. Not really seen through, but that's fine. Nervous guy, acts suspicious, owns murder weapon. That's mm. all of my... Jake Hudgens, such a major character. That was my first line. Someone who's suspicious and owns the weapon. Can I just say, also a total match for the death in the clouds blowed out guy. Stop making <laughs> me seem like a hack. <laughs> Older woman, tries to do things for people, knows victim, mother of Mary. V's assistant, knows business dealings, is annoyed plus annoying. Councilwoman, knows people, sleeps a lot, owned auto parts, V ruined it. Nice. Uh, And then it was just, uh, I went through the events. I have a timeline of everything that happens and generally what people are doing during those times. Yeah. So if you asked like, when I'm boarding, what are people doing? When I, like when he orders the drink, what are other people doing? Like little bits there, not always as we keep going. And then I put a couple extra notes here, which I was updating right to the end of no struggles, he was in coma. Kay didn't know, or Killer didn't know if he would die, wanted to frame the nervous guy. Mm-hmm. Kay wants to help a bit to keep up Sleuth Persona. Didn't end up doing that. I probably should have. I think it would have been fun if he'd been suggesting, like, maybe look at that nervous guy because he yeah. used the murder weapon. It would have put the frame angle more in your mind and it's something I should have done, but I didn't. I have it in my notes to do it, but as you can see, I have too many notes, so I didn't notice it. Yeah. But I should have done that because I think that would have added that as a... That's why he used someone else's murder weapon. It was to frame them. Fair. If he had shown any inclination to frame. But he, so I didn't do that, but I should have. Now, was he, there was a point where he was telling me, ah, oh, don't bother talking to Taylor Heath. He was worried Taylor Heath would know, would know who he was or that you would see his notes, see that he was in the thing. He wanted to, he wanted to, he didn't want you to talk to Taylor because he was like, Taylor would, might know who I am. Yeah. Um, murder weapons found on body. Uh, nervous guy has matching batteries. Two glass vials are found shattered in bathroom bin. I only added that right near the end because I wanted something physical to tie into the poison rather than just I a was, vague feeling. I didn't, honestly, when I went through the bathroom bin, I didn't necessarily expect to find anything. Mm, but I, I added, I, I didn't have it surprised. initially. I added at the end because I like, I want something that you can find that answers those questions mm. rather than just leaves them there as possibilities. Yeah. Um, and then Kay's bag has credit card with different name, Vandross Brown. That's the other thing I should have done. Oh, no, what? I... It, it was fine in the end. I think it would have been more fun if he did have ID that said Daniel DeHoog, but he had a one credit card that said Vandross Brown. So he had planned it more. He wasn't so bad at his job, but he accidentally, his credit cards weren't updated. He like, didn't apply for a new credit card. So they all had a different name. Oh, maybe. I think having two names rather than just all of his ID is um, under, one, under his real name and he's bad at his job, <laughs> maybe it would have been more fun that I way. I mean, is murder his job? But maybe that would have been better if you'd looked for his ID early. Perhaps. He, he gives you, he, he opens his wallet, he goes, he, he kind of holds it close to his chest, takes out his ID and hands it to you Maybe. and says, Daniel DeHoog. And then you're like, I think he has the other ID in there, I should try and find it later. Maybe that would have been, but because it was near the end, I didn't, it would have felt like a stepping stone that was, was a punishment for no reason, maybe. Mm. And then, yeah, and then it's just person by person. I wrote their little first paragraphs, then I went back and did all their connection paragraphs, because when I was writing these, I didn't know who they were yet, and... Got them all out, and uh, and I think it came together really it's well. It's a really great amount together. of detail. It's a good amount of detail. That's something we could put up for people to play themselves, I think. Yeah. But or just I want to make it clear to people, how many pages of notes is that? Uh, of the actual mystery rather than just the brainstorm? I mean, no, all of it counts. Okay, all of it counts. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven pages. And Bill doesn't have small writing. My notes that I have taken were one page. So to make a solvable one page for the detective thing of notes takes 11 pages of work to go in. Yeah. It's huge what needs to be done for these. I will also say, how long are your, when your mysteries, uh, I think I just write more than you. 
I think I just write more than you because my solving notes are often like <laughs> seven pages to solve the mystery. So maybe that's just a difference between us. But then, look, I, I want to put evidence, stuff in here because I didn't want to get caught out on like setting one person up to say something and then realizing, oh, no, they shouldn't say that. They should. I know. That's so why was, I struggle so much. Yeah. So I think it was nice to be able to sit and, and get that full planning out. And I would do that again. I would, having done that, that's how I would write it out again. I think it's a very smooth way to write it. But yeah, so look, I think it came together really well. And I've been really enjoying doing this uh, autopsy because I never get to make fun stuff. I don't, like, I did a escape room, a mini escape room for our yeah. uh, million download <laughs> escape room. Million episodes. Uh, yeah, million episodes escape this podcast uh, special. And that was fun. And these are nice. And I honestly, I really enjoyed taking this seat for this mystery. I, I think I will do it again for our next one. That's I would love great. to write you another. And I think. You've had to do like it's hard to be in in the player seat, right? And I think there's some stuff that like the two things that I struggled with in general, the picking up of clues and things, I felt great about yeah. the making little connections. Love that. The two big tricky things is one, the going around talking to people. I didn't mind it, making it feel like entertaining podcast material. I'm I still don't think I'm there yet. And I think that's one of those things where the the transition that happened between episodes like two and three or maybe three and four was, and, and we talked about this between episodes. Um, we autopsy ourselves in between. Was, don't worry about being so in character, mm. be Danny. Like, and I think that for me works really well. Rather it's just, be fourth wall breaky, that's yes, fine. Yes, yeah, have a size to the audience. Yeah. Don't talk, don't feel like when you say stuff, you have to say it to the characters, say it to the audience. It's a tough balance to find because it is a satisfying part of a lot of these murder mysteries to have the denouement where the stuff that you didn't realise was going on the de in the detective's head was mm. going on but the I detective's head. But I think for head. our show generally, it's so much more helpful to have the detective be talking with the audience. Like, this is what's going through my head. Like, I'm not having the answer yet. But You it, may be right. And that, I think, is what makes the difference. And I think How? on your next one, that's what I would encourage. In the same way that we have our escape room players do the same things, like talk your thoughts through, talk that, like, pretend the audience is your second person. I also found that during the play test, we play tested with, with two of our $50 donors who played together. And I think that helps. And I wonder... Obviously, adding another person to the show wouldn't be bad or wouldn't be good. But I wonder if at some point it would be nice to have someone to call and literally just like, hey, here's the mystery. To I'm be my through. bouncer offer. To, to bounce ideas off. That's interesting. And I think we could literally have someone on for, for like one episode, like part five of every mystery is <laughs> I, we call up a random person we know, we'd record the call and you just say, hey, you're my assistant today. I want to bounce some ideas off you. And I think that would literally be very helpful. I would be willing to fun. try that. I think we should try it. I think that's something that would be interesting to add to the dynamic of the show. Uh, because you've now felt what I felt, which is this moment at the end where you're trying to get your thoughts together can be really tough. And a second voice to just ask the right questions, I think, helps. But our problem is that the second voice knows the answers. So did you notice that in the playtest, that they bounced off each other well? Yeah, I think it, it does work well. Just to be like... They kind of could say to each other, wait, what is, what's this thing? And often one person would have one explanation. Like one person could finalize the motive thing, but they never got the, the, the method fully correct. And the other person could get the method fully correct, but they hadn't fully finalized the motive. So I think having someone to even just tell, it's kind of like to when you need to teach. Yeah. Works. It's like when you need to teach something, it makes you have to know it better. When you mm. have to explain the, the, the mystery to someone, it, it can help. So yeah. I think we should maybe add the concept of like a phone a friend moment of like, I'm going to call back to the lab and get my assistant. I mean, not an not easy lab, thing but... and the being trapped on a plane moment, but. No, but adding that in. Because yeah, other than that, like you, you, you pulled it all together well. I think it's, just, and I, if you did another one, I think you would absolutely smash it. And entertainment wise, I don't think you need to worry, uh, especially it's just like once you start talking to the audience. Mm, perhaps. It makes such a difference. And then, yeah, the other part is trying to figure out the good, appropriate, both for entertainment value and for knowing that you have things 100% sorted, figuring out how to say the ending. Yeah. Well, yes, I had to learn this to do a denouement. You have to do the denouement. <laughs> um, I think this was, 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 like, you had a moment of, like, where you, you, you could hear, I could hear, maybe you didn't notice it as you were saying it, but I could hear you, like, your gear went tick, 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 dong, denouement mode. And you just started being like, well, here it is. Here's, <laughs> let me tell you all about it. And then, like, you did what I do, which is you get like 80% through the denouement and then you go, oh, but wait but a minute, I haven't this? figured out this oh, one. Dang. And, and you, you hope you're going to get it. The, part, well, the parts that we have cut were before anything even vaguely like a denouement was me saying, I can't say anything yet. I just have to sit here in silence because I don't have everything. Mm. And then you kept telling me to start anyway. You got to so start I anyway. Did. It, it helps. <laughs> I still hit the block. But you hit it much later. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, that moment is, it's, that is the hardest part. It's like, you can get a moment of like, I know it all, I've got everything, but it's like, can I rule everything out? Can I 100% this? And I think there were a couple little things we noticed, or like I noticed, like, if you'd been given differently, like briefcase over papers, you could have really knocked that, like some of your questions out. Mm. Um, and sometimes it is just a bouncing ideas off. Sometimes you need someone to be like, but wait a minute, what would happen when after the, like, what's the actual ramifications? Not the hypothetical ones. What actually has happened now that he's dead? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Those sorts of things. And you just need someone to ask those questions. It did take me a surprisingly long time to really get into that. I think the idea of the words business order just glazed in my head. Whereas and I for me, I kept, Oh, I'm I not was, interested in that. For me, I was like, I have said, there will be a very <laughs> yep. in-depth audit. Oh, we are about to start a very in-depth audit of all the financials to make sure the financials are in order. I thought I'd said it so much <laughs> that it was so obvious that I felt like and a I fool. And I just care so little about money and businesses yeah. <laughs> that it didn't work on me. Um, um, but yeah, what? you care so little about money and business that when you found the IT guy who was working with a company and suddenly has made all this money, you're like, well, he's a hired hitman. <laughs> Which I did not expect anyone to go really? to. You just went, well, that's a hired hitman. So who is he working well, with? Well, I mean, we did have... I was suffering from this huge issue of Daniel having all the opportunity, but none of the motive. Mm. And even... And that was being... meant to be the motive. But you were like, no, no, that just well, shows that he's a hitman <laughs> hired by someone. Like, no, that was his motive. The money is the motive. It was a stretch. He was doing crap. You, you were just like, that's it, hitman. You even said the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard, which is every time there's someone with too much money in an Agatha Christie novel, they're either a thief or a hitman. They're never a hitman. I, I changed. Were I they redacted, ever a hitman? I redacted my statement and said in mysteries, not in Agatha Christie's. Name me one mystery with... Well, well, let me anywhere with like a rule that, oh, a guy with money in a mystery must be a hitman. Then That's a job no for the listeners. It's just not a thing. Well, as soon as you went on him, and I was like, how is this happening? This was the motive, and you've decided it was method. You decided it was just the way someone else. Oh, this proves he's now, the murder I was weapon. Full on, I was full on. Lacey's daughter is still uh, in the will to be put on the board after <laughs> Keith's, Keith's death. She had been helping people with their bags, so she knew there was something heavy in Jake's, and she hired Daniel to do the killing. Which is funny, because in my head, Lacey, I was about to say, I think was my weakest person here because I felt well, yeah, like it was without, so obvious there was no connection to anything. Without her being the secret anything. murderer. <laughs> yes, she didn't have that much to do, which is why I'm glad that I got some of the Daniel information I'm from her. I'm glad the Daniel information came from her. Was there anything besides uh, Rich Hitman? Anything that you... <laughs> rich Hitman, you fool. Didn't, yeah, that, that I did that you didn't expect or vice versa? Well, early on, you're, when you were before you decided like to talk to the audience and not be... and to be Danny instead of mm. Danny the detective character... That was tough because, like, you were talking, but you were only talking in character, so you weren't saying stuff. So I was like, has she noticed that this guy uh, hasn't read Orient Express? Because you didn't say anything about it. Of course, it. you can't read my thoughts because, either. Because I see. your character didn't want to call him out in time. It's like, that's the beauty of the aside, mm. is I didn't know if you got the very <laughs> obvious fact that he didn't know anything about Orient Express. And I didn't know if you that's got funny. the... funny. Because you weren't saying anything. You were only acting in character. And I think that was really rough early on and hard to, to understand that's on my interesting. end. So I'm glad we kind of moved on from that yeah, after okay, part two. Yeah, okay, that's fair. And it's something that I that you should generally try. I think I had suffered the same thing in my first mystery. I was like, I'm Bill Billingham. And then I was like, no, no, I'm Bill Sunderland. From this point on, I'm no. just Bill Sunderland. I'm just yeah. solving a murder as me. Totally. Um, I warned you that I w thought... You that rolled I for character traits, I suspected I would be more in character than out. I warned you of this before we started recording that I just thought that would be how I would end and up And I should have... Admonished you. I should have said, "Don't do that, yep. please." Um, Noted. Other than that, did I you think... expect me to go for the bathroom as early as I did? I... No, I think that's fair. I didn't know when you would, uh, but I knew you would. Okay. Because cool. it's like there was a person who went to the bathroom, and there was also <laughs> another person who went to the bathroom. Once that happens, or like he went to the bathroom, clearly something happened, and he came back. Okay. Like did searching you... it is very fair. Did you expect me to go? I won't say I went super in-depth, but I feel like a little more in-depth than other people would about, was this how he died? This hit to the back of the head? Because I'm going to investigate other to things. to believe it at the start. I felt like you look at the body and you're like, ah, blood and a blow to look, the head. I didn't he refuse to believe stabbed. it. I wanted verification <laughs> because 
death by means that are not what they look like, absolutely a common thing. And based on how this murder went down, not I, irrational. Oh yeah, relevant. No, I think that's fine. I think maybe I, I that's a very reasonable thing to expect, but there were moments where it's like, you just got to move on. <laughs> it was kind of like, I expected you to maybe Poirot it a little bit more, where he'll, he'll be like, oh, could have been this, could have been that. Better look at the psychology. Because I'm not going to, what's the point of looking anymore? Could have been this, could have been that. You're just going to move on. Uh, instead of being like, no, no, like maybe I can figure it out. Um, but you never know how, how much that's going to be true. Because like, it also could have been that you could have searched one thing and I'm like, no, no, look deeper, look deeper. You never looked deeper. You never, mm. you never checked his ankle socks for whether or not they were cutting off circulation. Of he died because all his blood's at his feet. You know, like, maybe I wanted you to look further. So I don't think, that, other than that, like, I think he did everything really reasonably. Um, you, you didn't do what I did, which is get too caught up on one thing and, and leave and just go off and investigate that without finishing the job. I think we've learned that lesson together. You were yes. like, oh, I, I wanted to search back. Like you said, like two episodes before you search the bags, you're like, I want to search the bags, but I should finish these interviews. That's true. And that was good, right? I think that's a, that's a smart thing to do. You didn't fall into the trap that I fell into I, yeah, because my, you saw me fall into it so many times. My big worry is that I hadn't talked to Lacey or Jamie if one of them was the murderer and I'd gone through all of the baggage and all of the yeah, other witnesses and everything found first. their stuff. Yeah, yeah. and a very fair and like a really smart thing to do. Really, And it worked well for, the, for, for all of this. And it gave you a better idea of the sort of stuff. Like finding fancy clothes in his bag is not as meaningful when you haven't already had a discussion about like, why does he have a fancy watch? Does he have this, that, the it's other? Very, like, what's going on there? It's very funny because finding physical evidence does feel more meaningful. And I think this is true in escape rooms. Law and everything in escape rooms and the backstory of characters and things and, influ- and putting that into puzzles and intertwining that is fun. I do not find it as fun as finding a puzzle mm. and finding something tangible. And I think that was true in here. Like for me, the bathroom bin was the absolute highlight. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun, and I so I tried to add a few of those mm. things in, um, and and I also tried to to specifically yet, give context to those things. But in yet, the discussion. as far as murder mysteries go, it is good to find a little bit at the start, and then confirmation through physical mm. objects towards the end. Yes, and I think so it, worked out it, well. it does. It goes really nicely in that as well. I am glad. I think I'm glad that I didn't search the bags as soon as I thought of it, mm. pacing wise. I'm not positive, but I think that it worked out for me better. Wonderful. Well, I think that's probably. Is there anything else to talk to talk about with this this autopsy? <laughs> the only one other thing, just as a small point. Look how obvious it would have been if you'd been if my notes had been on the table. Daniel DeHoog, eh? Let me just look at Daniel DeHoog. It just says "killer" in huge letters in the top left corner of the book. You are very fortunate that I can't read sideways very well. Um, yeah, the one other thing to think about, and this will be all of the stuff that gets edited out. And I feel like we got better at this, but it still happened a couple of times in the first episodes, was I started, I started following little paths, little questions that weren't going to go anywhere. Like, I was really interested in this fire extinguisher issue. You were very interested in the fire extinguisher. A fire extinguisher is a big, heavy object, and it had been mentioned as a, where's the fire extinguisher? I very much thought that could have been an alternate murder weapon. That is very fair. I should have, when you went to the front, been like, oh, and you see the fire extinguisher. It's been at the front. That's why he, did, he couldn't find it down the back. Oh, maybe. But then I would have been inspecting that fire extinguisher. So it was good that we just left it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, man, no, look, I, I think it went really well. I, I really liked it. Uh, my question is, I was going to do, so I'm writing, an, like, I want to start writing another one now. Oh, good. Do you have an idea? Well, my first idea is you get to SleuthCon. Oh, no. And there's a murder at SleuthCon. But maybe I'll maybe I'll leave SleuthCon. Oh, to I can't be deal a happy with any memory. more murder fans. Yeah, it might, I might leave that to be its own <laughs> fun thing and uh, and move on. Um, now I will say there is one thing that you 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 didn't do as a detective, Ooh. which I will count as a personal failing. Oh, um, and you really I can't believe so. You did not officially invite Jamie to join your detective agency and become <laughs> a, a part of your as as I did to every single helpful person <laughs> that you ever supplied me. Good point, but I did offer Jake millions of dollars in investment you and did. manpower. You did, you did do that. Uh, Oops. If you had to see one of these characters in a future mystery, who would you most love seeing pop up? Would you be like, oh my god, it's you know, it's like you're in Haiti and you find uh, oh, who Mr. Heathy deserves a Haiti holiday. Okay. I like him. He's reliable. He is. He's good. He's a fun character. I like a numbers man. 
His voice changed every time I voiced it, but I don't mind. Do so you have an American accent or a British accent? A numbers man who just doesn't accent. seem interested enough in the other workings of people to commit murder on them. Yeah. That's great. Wonderful. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this really long breakdown of the entire mystery and the part and the writing of it. I, it's as long as one of the main episodes. Yeah. Um, but I like. I want to talk about it because it was the first one I'd, I'd done. This was a really interesting thing. Well done. That role is really hard. I, I find it a real struggle, and you handle it this admirably. Was so much easier. Really. This was so much easier than needing to solve the murder. Goodness. Did you find your role in solving I mean, easier than running it? Look, I still. Bizarre, it had a, same, a lot of the same amount of emotional brain fatigue in moments. Like, edit it out. I have huge gaps where my brain just stops progressing. I think you will have that less on the next one that you do if you don't have it, if you stay out of character. Maybe. Fingers crossed that will be the case. But the constant fear of accidentally saying something wrong and sending you up the wrong path really gets to me in the well, other I've role. I've got the path written down. You can't send me wrong. I can send you wrong. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't worry you? Oh, you mean, so you, I thought you were talking as a player, as was for when you're running it, you, you're worried about Yeah, yeah. Wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why my notes, I wrote, that's why I wrote so many notes, is because I was worried about that, making sure that I don't say something that leads up. But I think what happened to, that I liked was I, I had more, very to me, very related structured paths in my notes. So I wasn't as worried about like, what if I say something sent you on the wrong path? It's like, no, I've got so many things pointing to these paths that I'm, I'm not as worried, but, uh, but it is, it is a worry. Um, I think I'm also more comfortable. Off mic telling me you screwed up. Yeah. Just being like, it didn't happen in this one, but if I said something, you went like, okay, so we know that actually, um, like Lacey is in the will. We know that's hundred percent. Everyone's confirmed it. I would like, I would just stop me. Oh, if I have made it seem like people have confirmed that she is in the will, I'm sorry. I must have said that wrong. Let me re like, I'm going to like, don't like Jamie says she might be in the will. She actually has no idea. The only person who does know is like Heath. And he says, no. Mm. Right. So that's, I'm so sorry that you are, that you think if you had ever said like, we know this fact must be true a hundred percent. When, and it never happened. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound like me. So yeah, th so uh, it is a worry, but I wasn't. I wasn't as concerned. Okay. Um, because yeah, maybe because I just know that if it had happened, I would be pretty comfortable being like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I don't know where you got that idea. That's completely wrong. I must have said something wrong and just go back and fix it. <laughs> and then, so yeah, with you running this, I felt like I was in pretty safe hands as far as this goes. I didn't feel like you were going to screw up in any way or tell, yeah, Good. let me screw up in any way. But I feel like I was at many moments, especially during those long edited out silences where my brain stopped working, that I was fairly intolerable as a player. <laughs> The silence was tough to deal with because, because like, like you have when running uh, like escape rooms and, and one for me, I, there were many times during this, I had no idea what you were thinking. Mm. So I can't even sit here and be like, what should I do to fix this? Or how can I like make sure? So if I was worried, if I'd send you on the wrong path, I would have had no idea what path you were on. Well, it's, so get, being, talking more is, is helpful. Again, off audio, I described this to you. We talked about it at the very start of the arc that when reading whodunits, I will stop and stop progressing until I've got my thoughts and suspicions in order. And that was exactly what was happening here. I mm. was worried that if I kept talking out loud, you would encourage or discourage in certain ways, or the story would just progress because of something and I did or said. And that's the moment and I was worried. where you need someone to call. That's the moment where you mm. need someone to help you talk it through. Someone because you're like, know. I don't want any more input from from. From Bill, I don't want him to tell me anything else about the story. I don't want him to hint at anything that could be true. I want no input from Bill. But you still needed to be able to talk it through. Without <laughs> talking, you were stuck. Because we've, talk, we've seen so many people do this when solving puzzles. You have to just start talking it through or I explaining it. I feel like in, uh, in very uh, That's when elusive to, ways, to... I have done this with you while I'm reading whodunit stories. I say, all right, uh, hey, Billy, you haven't read this book, but I think that it is the person that is on this page right now. I won't give you names mm. because you might read it. All right. I'm pretty sure I've got how they did it. There's just this one bit of timing that I'm not so certain about, but if this thing here is relevant, then it might make sense. I just got to keep going. Mm. I got to get like, if I can find one more piece of evidence that confirms that I'll be happy. Mm. And but that I will think, be how I read a book. But I think that's exactly what we need. I like that moment. And you were very good at identifying that moment. You, you, you could identify that moment in yourself. You said, this is the moment where I need to stop and stop reading the book and think about it. 
that is the moment where we call up a previous guest of the show, a friend, a murder. Like we just like, hey, Lan, Danny is going to talk mm. to you about this murder for a second. That's what we need. And I think that would be good for the listeners as well. Yeah. I think that would be a fun dynamic. And I think with 100% legitimacy, right. that is something we should look at in I reckon the next it'd be fun. I, I, I reckon she would enjoy it and I reckon it could be podcastable. If we can get it with some good audio, my mum would love to take a crack at that. And I feel like detective calling their mum for advice. It's a dynamic. To, I think it would be perfect. <laughs> uh, I think we should definitely do something like that. Mm. I think it would work really well. And I think it would help you as well. So yeah. I think if we add that in for the next ministry, it's a perfect dynamic to we'll get near the end. We'll see if it's going to work. Uh, but in the end, that came out well. I'm happy with it. I think it I'm ran so smoothly. Glad. I'm glad it was not two parts. I legitimately was so it's worried. It's very scary, isn't that it? That you would start and just be like... Because to me, it's like, it's like yeah, everything it says killer right there. It says there. killer right here. Uh, wonderful. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Sorry, we've been talking for way too long, but I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank. I hope you enjoyed... Solve this murder coming back. Thank you very much, Billy. You've I, been working on this for a really long time. You put a lot into it. I really enjoyed having this as something I could write and put together and create and run. I was very nervous about it. Um, and it worked out well in the end. Uh, so there'll be another one soon. I think I'm ready uh-huh. to write. And I want to see as soon as this is like we the next so few days, I'll be doing this. Oh, well, that's true. But I, like, I want to get another one written. We may not run it for another however long, but but I, I want to start getting written. So, so Man, w- I think it's the opposite. I think that we have lots of other work to be doing that you, oh, just like for the next two weeks, we have other stuff to be doing. Yes. Then you should write. And then once you've written it, we can do it right away. Exactly. So look, I think, I, I am predicting, and I hope this is true, that uh, at least for the near future, the period of these six-month hiatuses is over. And we should, we're not going to go back, I think, to every single week. I think there'll probably be a little bit of a gap between episodes. You can see after one that that was ambitious, right? Oh, yes. But I I just would, I would very much love to sit and write another one. I'm Um, glad. I'm really glad. But I don't think there's going to be another long hiatus. I think we're back into fairly regular programming. So uh, keep an eye out for when the next one's going to be out. Um, On Check out, join our Discord is is the best way you can keep up to date. And uh, well, literally the best way you can keep up to date, tweet at us. Get on a Discord or email us and just say, hey, when's the next one coming out? And I'll say, <laughs> soon. And you'll go, yep. all right, sweet. I've definitely um, sent that email a couple of times. So, yeah, look, welcome back to the show. This was a fun mystery to come come back to. And, of um, course, thank you to the Patreon donors once again, whose names were in this episode. Yes. Uh, those, uh, Do you remember them? Do you remember who, what all their names are? Okay. Okay. Yep. Hold on. <clears throat> thank you to Patreon donors. Keith Moser. Yes. Maggie Surnameless. Yes. Jamie Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Taylor Heath. Yes. Daniel DeHoog. Yes. Jake and Lacey. I'm blanking Lacey on surnames. Lacey Morrow and Jake Morrow. Hudgens. Hudgens. How did I forget? Oh, God, that was terrible. Um, Obviously. No thank you to uh, patron donor Vandross Brown. You don't exist. Come on. Um, if no... your name is Vandross. If your name is Vandross, please. you've got to sign up for the Patreon. Please do it. Um, yeah, I mean, you've already been put in the episode in advance. We did this one just you. If you want to help support the show, you can always sign up for our Patreon. Anyone who... Uh, donates at any level can appear as an NPC and, yeah, in either normal, of our shows. Normally we do it for Escape This Podcast because that's the main one that our Patreon's been focusing on. Please sign up for our Patreon, send us a little message saying, hey, solve this murder, please. Yeah, or if you say that, you'll either, be first please. dibs for solve this murder. Yeah, totally. Um, so we got a few of If them you're an existing Patreon donor, same deal. Send same us deal. a message right now this, saying, I want to kill someone. Or be killed. Ma- um, don't word it like that, please. There's also other benefits. Our $5 donors get access to all our bonus audio. There is a new episode every week, either of Escape This Podcast Playtest, of uh, Two Minute Mysteries, where Danny and I try and solve Two Minute Mysteries. Look, I'm going to... Can I ask you a favour? If you are just signing up as a $5 donor and you want to listen to the Two Minute Mysteries, please go back to the first one, (laughs) where we're normal people, and you can slowly follow our descent. If you go to our first episode, it'll be like... Ooh, let's look at this mystery. How could we solve it? Hmm, I don't know what's going on. If you go to our most recent episode, it is, Well, I'll be, I'm a little man, and I'm here solving mysteries. Oh, you know them Avita songs? Oh, what's going on here? A giraffe fell down a hole. Hmm, who could have guessed it? Please, it's so weird, but you have to, it gets there. It builds up, it makes sense. It's an existing law that grows every mystery. Are you the bow-legged guy? Oh. No, I'm... 
Bertie Telford, oh, Daddy. Daddy. Please. Look, it all makes sense in context. You have to sign up and go back to the first episode and work your way towards <laughs> these characters. You'll never understand our obsession with Nick the Nose. And above. You get it. You'll you, never understand the club. Nick the Nose obsession unless you go back to episode <laughs> one and you see him from the beginning. Uh, so that's that. Uh, and there's badges for our $10 donors and other fun things. And our $50 donors got to play this mystery before anybody else. Yeah, they knew everything about it before I did. And they didn't email me with spoilers. How nice is that? It's wonderful. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, spread the word. Tell everybody so that Solve This Murder is as well. back, baby. See you later. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Witt from the podcast Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening.